Seventh Avenue Pizza, the official pizza of the Soda Pod. The Soda Pod, the official beer and hockey podcast of Seventh Avenue Pizza. Final segment here on MNCAA. It's time to talk CCHA. As always with us, Ryan Stieg, Lucas Pippenhagen, Alex Micheletti, and Marissa Voss. Thank all of you for joining us this afternoon. Um, let's start with sort of the, the big ticket items, right, uh, with the CCHA. Um, Bemidji State, what the hell was that? Yeah, good question. I mean, <laughs> implode, completely implode in the first period of, of both games this week and then go down 3 nothing in, in both. Um, pretty fortunate to actually battle back on Friday night and force that game into overtime where, again, Bemidji State's just not a, a good overtime team. They just can't play three-on-three. Three. Um, for some reason, we don't have a center out there during overtime. We have Leighton Rowe taking face-offs. He gets beat clean. Like State goes down the ice, scores uh, glove high on, on uh, Gavin Enright. Um, Enright had a weekend to forget. Um, ended up getting yanked early on Saturday after giving up three goals in the first four shots of that game. Mm. So, you know, I, I really don't know what to say. I mean, there were so many negatives surrounding that those performances this weekend and, you know, plenty of blame to pass around, but it, it was just ugly from start to finish. And Lucas, you know, sometimes when things aren't going well, five on five, right? Uh, sometimes this is where your special teams can either keep you in a game, claw you back in, or maybe even give you that insurance goal, right? From everything I've looked at, uh, special teams have not done Bemidji State any favors. No, I mean, statistically, they're the worst. Um, well, they're the second worst penalty kill in the nation right now at 69%. Uh, the power play is at 13.5%, which is somewhere in the 40s. You know, this weekend they go one for eight on the power play and they go one for three on the penalty kill. Um, and, and they also give up a shorthanded goal. So it, it was just, you know, not giving them any any help at all this weekend either. And and for a, a program that's, you know, historically pretty good at, at special teams, you, you know, last two years they were top 10 in the nation on the power play at around 25% each year. You know, not, not too far removed from being around a 90% penalty kill. It, it's really surprising to see that struggle so much this year. Yeah. And especially in the penalty kill, because I mean, that's been, you know, sort of the staple for Bemidji stays to have a very strong penalty kill. And I'm surprised with it. Uh, Lucas, out of curiosity, do you think it's, you know, we talked to before in the preseason, how there was, you know, maybe some new faces up front, um, especially, you know, going to maybe a top six role. Do you think this is just early season struggles or maybe some youth or what would you attribute to the, shall we say, lack of, success in the power play so far i don't know if i can actually blame it on youth it, it seems like a lot of the experienced players are out there for the goals against so it, it's just been you know I, and they're still playing that same aggressive style and the puck is just getting moved around so quick on them that it's leading to open shots and, and they're just not getting the goaltending that they need on on shorthanded opportunities Tough, right? It's it's tough. Uh, good news is it's early. Uh, bad news is we're not super early, you know, still. So things are going to have to be corrected at some point. Uh, Ryan, I want to go back to you next because I want to ask the same question. What the hell was that? U.S. St. Thomas, um, actually pretty impressive uh, victories over uh, Northern Michigan this last weekend. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It's uh, it was kind of a surprising 
weekend. Uh, I thought it wasn't surprising the fact that St. Thomas swept. It was more of a kind of the dominant fashion that they did it. It was Friday. Um, it was a tight game. St. Thomas jumped up to a first uh, 2-0 lead, but Northern is a deep team. They're very good. They have a great offense, and they clawed their way back. They tied it. I'm thinking in the third period, could go to overtime because it's very close. Then they make a mistake. Funny thing, Northern had the worst penalty kill in the nation going into the weekend. They killed off every penalty they had but they gave up the game winner when they were on the power play on a shorthanded goal. <laughs> it, oh, was, it was, yeah, it was, it was, I felt bad for Northern fans, but I honestly got a chuckle out of it. Cause that was the most weird way to, you know, give up a winner. And then Saturday it was like St. Thomas is dominated. It, they just got on the board, stayed in control. And I don't know what's, you know, I talked to grandpa Tony after the game briefly and he said, we just got to figure it out. We just, we just haven't figured it out yet. And St. Thomas seems to, after getting swept at Bemidji, turned it on this past weekend. And I asked some of the players, said it was a hard practice. They pushed them on practice. They didn't want, they got swept, weren't expecting to get swept. And now they swept Northern. So it was a really impressive weekend and uh, overall for the Tommies. So it wasn't a safe space uh, in the no. practice ranks. No, it was that. not. <laughs> there was um, not. So, but Ryan, I mean, isn't that not that surprising though, given what we know of Rico that, you know, certainly a performance that he, it wasn't up to his standards for Bemidji and then it was, okay, was this a wake up call that they needed? Do you think? I think it was a minor one. I mean, like you mentioned with Bemidji, you know, with Lucas that it's still early, you know, it's early November is a long way to go, but you did get just swept in a series that you probably should have been a little more competitive in. And so, Hey, let's change things up a little harder practice. Let's push you, see what, how you can handle it. And they answered back. And uh, I was talking to some of the guys and they said, we kind of needed that. You know, we, we should have played better and we didn't. Now we worked hard and got two wins out of the weekend and in impressive fashion. I, I did not see a six, one game coming on Saturday. I thought if they were going to win, it was going to be like a three, two dog fight, kind of like the previous night, but they were in control from the beginning and didn't let up. And that is uh, like you said, kind of a new wrinkle for St. Thomas, but more so part of that evolution and part of that building that we sort of have begun to expect mm -hmm. with the Tommies this past uh, third year under their existence. Uh, trying to bring in both Alex and Marissa. Um, I know Mankato was off this past weekend, but we're going to trigger Mankato fans a little bit because that's what we do best here in MNCAA. Um, Alex, I'm going to start with you because uh, I, I love hearing your voice, number one. Uh, number two, uh, especially when it comes to uh, Wisconsin. Yes, we're going to talk Wisconsin. This isn't Big Ten, but this has a lot of CCHA ties because, uh, well, they took your head coach, they took your assistant coach, and they took half of your roster. So I think there's a little bit of uh, Shelly system nerves and uh, they're number four in the country. Explain that. Yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? I mean, uh, Hasty's uh, culture, it's, it's amazing. And, uh, you know, Simon Tassie was a, um, a Todd Cannot special, a diamond in the rough uh, that he found in the BCHL. Now he's, um, you know, he... It was unfortunate, you know, the vision that they had for him, you know, he tore his ACL and the BC playoffs, you know, before he was, you know, 
you know, coming into to Mankato. And so he, you know, missed half that start of that year and just was never the, never the same, you know, for his one year at Mankato, he had one goal and now, now he's showing, you know, fully healthy, you know, on the biggest stages, uh, what, what he can do, uh, you know, just an incredible player. Um, it's nice to see him have success, but you know, also, also frustrating for, for Mavs fans. And, uh, you know, you definitely miss that leadership uh, on the ice with, the, you know, Cillier too, and Christian Fitzgerald's off to a great start. So, you know, you're, you're frustrated, but also happy at the same time because you know, Hasty, you know, he's showing that he wins everywhere. So it's, uh, it's incredible. And he's, uh, he's shaking up the big 10, uh, you know, and, uh, and beating the blue bud uh, bloods in, in that conference. And, yeah, we'll see if they can keep it keep it going into March, and you know, and there's you know they hope in April. Um, so we'll see. I don't know if necessarily my opinion. He's shaking up the blue bloods, Alex, but more so bringing up a program that needed to be back to relevance sure. exactly to that spot, right? Yeah, um, I think for old WCHA fans, yes, another trigger for college hockey fans, mm-hmm. especially here in the Midwest. Uh, I think it's better when you have a, a good rivalry with Wisconsin than. Uh, Marissa, Wisconsin is getting every dime out of Mike Hastings that they are probably paying him. And last I checked, it's a lot of them. Yeah. Um, I said on the Gopher Puck Live podcast was very frank and very honest. Um, and I, you guys know how I'm like, yeah, we listen, you guys know how <laughs> real I am. This is a safe space. And I, I was talking a little bit before we started this podcast. It's not that I'm mad that Hastings left because money talks. He needed to do what he needed to do. You know, when you're at Minnesota state, they hockey is the only D one team program, right? Everything else is division two. They don't have the money. They don't have the means you you're in Mankato, not saying that to be rude, just saying that as a, a state of fact. So you get big 10 money, you get all those amenities that you never maybe could have had, or maybe you could have had, but it could have been a couple of years at, you know, Mankato, but, to take the assistant coach and the hockey operations and the strength and conditioning and the CCHA rookie of the year and Saint Simon Tassie and then, you know, CCHA player of the year and one of the best players. Dryden McKay Cilia. too. What? Dryden McKay, McKay too. The entire, I mean, the, the Zambonis went. Um, thank God we have big bags still. He didn't go over there. He didn't go. Thank God for big bags. He has a no us. trade clause. I heard so. Uh, I, you can't trade big. You can't, you can't do that, but it's just, it's just more of a frustrating situation. And I get why, because he wants to be the best and then everything, but it was just such a weird situation. Cause you know, when we didn't have strand and I'm not saying anything wrong and I'm not saying anything bad, but it's hard when you're a Mankato fan and I've, I worked side by side and with these guys a lot. So, you know, Todd, I thought Todd wanted to be a head coach, but maybe it just under the circumstance, he was like, I just don't want to do that. Maybe that wasn't the case, whatever you have it. Um, it's just really tough to see them go nine and one number three right now in USCHO polls, 12 votes to get number one, um, like I said, like Alex said, though, you do have to be happy for him. I am happy for my casings. He's a great guy. He helped me get to the position I am and where I am in my life. He always put me first and said, if this is going to help Marissa, then I want to do this. And if we're going to, she's going to get the job with Minnesota state, then, and that's going to help her career. Let's do that. So I'm always thankful for him. It's just a little hard seeing him win. And I guess the word I'm probably looking for is jealous. A little jealous, I think, is the good word. But uh, you, like Alex did said, at the end of the day, it is it does suck. He took everybody, and I'm a little bitter, and I'm a little jealous. But he is a great coach. I tweeted, 
he should be an NHL coach. And I think he will be an NHL coach because he is just that type of caliber of coach and person and human being. He has his hands in everything, everything you could ever think of. And that's why he is what he is. He's, he's a program builder and he's just a great guy. Can't agree um, more than in any of those um, Marissa Vasa. He's proving it again. He's bringing a Big Ten program back to the big stage, which is um, why they moved on from Tony Granato. Um, but Ryan, I'm going to bring you back into the conversation here because from one program that's ascending to one that is um, tanking and tanking hard, we're going to, yes, we're talking about Bowling Green. Um, the, the drama, um, I, you hate to bring it up because, you know, we like to stay in the hockey sense, but. I think it's an important conversation to have because do you get the sense that the off ice drama is affecting them on the ice? You know, you want to say that it's not um, because, you know, it's off ice, but you got to think it's playing a little bit of a role at this point. I'm sure if you ask them, they'll probably say no, but you know, this was a big thing that happened at the start of the season. It, blew us away in the media it kind of just everybody was wondering what was going on and you know and they stumbled at the start they won their first game and then didn't win again until this past weekend lost to Mercyhurst in their first game this last weekend which I was totally not expecting I thought if they were going to get back on track it was going to be this past weekend and only ended up with a split so I want to think maybe they're getting past it, but maybe it's having a bigger effect than we thought it was. I mean, sometimes I can mess with stuff. There's like, whenever something's happening off the ice, I've noticed like there's two ways a team responds. One, it completely shakes them up and they just can't get past it. And they're doing the best they can, but it just can't. And the other one is maybe it sounds at first, but they come together. They figure it out. Hey, this was something that happened a couple months ago. We're in a new spot now. We're pushing towards the playoffs. We're going to focus on that. So I want to believe that that's what's going to happen is that December, they're going to be pushing for it. Holiday break, they'll regroup. Um, but remains to be seen. Maybe it's deeper than I thought it was. So we'll have to see. It's tough, right? Either way you, you slice it, Ryan, regardless if it actually gets out into the public sphere, which it did, and probably a good thing, or maybe if it's all internal, right? Those <laughs> distractions for whatever they are, right, are never a great thing in any you know sport, especially at the college level. Um, Lucas, from drama off the ice to, um, shall I say, we're trying to figure things out, Michigan Tech, um, I think they've taken strides forward. Um, but, you know, it's not been easy for them early on, but I do think after this weekend, uh, the Huskies, the, the not the good ones like St. Cloud, sorry, uh, Michigan Tech, I think they have uh, are starting to find their identity that uh, essentially we think we know that they can play up to. Maybe. Um, you know, th- this last weekend, it was, you know, not really a, a typical Mich- Michigan Tech weekend. You know, they had a 6-4 victory over Augustana and then a 4-3 overtime victory over Augustana. You look at some of their numbers. I mean, they're they're averaging giving up three goals a game still. Uh, Richter Award finalist Blake Panella doesn't look. I mean, his number his numbers aren't nearly as stellar as they have been in years past. I think he's at like a nine oh four save percentage and uh, above three uh, goals against average. He didn't um, play Saturday either. No, <laughs> yeah, they've been splitting their goaltenders the last couple of weeks. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to see what they do this weekend against Bemidji State. Actually, if they do go with Max uh, Byron in or not. 
Um, and when you look at you know this, uh, their kind of weekend performance kind of inflated their offense numbers a bit, averaging two point four goals per game, um, and that includes ten goals this weekend. Um, they had a hat trick both nights against Augustana, and I'm sure we'll touch a little bit on Augustana's defensive troubles too at, at some point. Yes, because uh, they have not been been solid there. But Michigan Tech really hasn't been good defensively either. They've got a, a really inexperienced uh, group of defensemen. Um, Chase Piedela is a, a very good freshman. They brought in a couple of transfers from uh, BU and from Quinnipiac, but neither one of them are, are playing all too well. And then they've been really rotating through a whole bunch of sophomores in that that final defensive pairing. So I, I think Michigan Tech made some strides this last weekend. I mean, they actually won a game, so that that's certainly an improvement compared to the last three weekends. But I, I'm not convinced they're they're back to what we expected them to be yet. So um, Lucas is in the mind of, you know, there's he's sold on them. He's not buying them. This is not, you know, buy or sell on ESPN. Um, Alex, um, let's propose the same question because uh, I think Lucas brought up the Augustana defense and they have struggled. But I think for a first year program, one thing you could maybe buy is offensively, they're actually not terrible. Yeah. And with with a brand new team like that, the, the, uh, the worry is, are we going to, who's going to score on this team? And, you know, the systems that Garrett Boyne has is, you know, they, they're firing on all, all cylinders and they've been scoring against some, some really good teams too. You know, you look at how they did against Denver and CC and, and Michigan tech. Uh, well, what we thought was a, a, a you know, a top tier program or team this season, not, not right now, but they're scoring and they're getting it from, from everywhere. So, uh, they're kind of playing a style where <laughs> they're like, oh, well, well, uh, it's kind of like, uh, you know, um, fire wagon hockey. Um, you know, they're just, uh, you know, gi- giving up a lot of chances, but also, you know, getting a lot of grade A chances. So I guess that's kind of what's going to happen for them, you know, especially as an affiliate member and not really counting what, what they do <laughs> right now. So, um, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's same thing with, you know, it's good. The recruiting for you know for for St. Thomas and, and Augustana, it, it's got to be a tough job. You know, you do have the new rink coming, and uh, but you, you 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 don't know you you still don't know when they are going to be able to be in the NCAA tournament. Uh, you know, who knows if they're going to try again or you know still a couple couple more seasons, and then uh, Augustana, you really have nothing to go off conference wise because they're not technically. Uh, a full member yet, but they would get in what as an independent or, you know, just, yeah. So right. Or technically, I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, technically. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. 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 (laughs) I don't know how that works with, you know, for with pairwise for them, but uh, yeah. Interesting. um, You know, for, for them, uh, both of those teams right now. Marissa, I want to get one more comment for you on the CCHA as a whole before we mm-hmm. get to some Mankato news, uh, just only because they didn't play this weekend. But um, Lucas talked about Blake Pedela, right? Mm-hmm. And some of the struggles defensively. Now, I think it's important to mention Pedela only because of two things. Alex mentioned fire wagon hockey, right? Um, Michigan Tech, to me, is a team that should be better offensively, but sort of how the Mavericks did with um, with Dryden McKay, only the fact that you actually could play defense in front of them. <laughs> um, I, but I say that, you know, only because I kind of feel like they're still relying on Pedela to kind of get them through the early weeks of the season with a young defensive core. 
And let's just say that at least on the surface level, it's not working out too well. No, it's never works out well when you rely solely on a goaltender to, you know, make sure to save the game. You know, it's not going to defense isn't going to win just like solely offense isn't going to win. This team needs to play a full sheet of ice. They need to put together an offense. They need to put together defense. They need to put together their goaltenders. That's what makes teams win national championship and win games. And at the end of the day, you just have to score goals. You got to score more goals than the other component, (laughs) you know, and that's the biggest thing. But to, you know, what worked so well, and I can I can hear people saying, "Well, you had Dryden McKay, and blah, blah, blah. well, we also had, you know, at the time when he was a freshman, we had Mark Michaelis, Nick Rivera, Parker Toomey, right, and then you know we had other components down the line, Brendan Furry, and you know all of these other guys that stepped up and were great because offensive, defensively everything for years. It was awesome. So I think for Michigan Tech, a lot of people are surprised because you think that they would be better. They should be better. But at the end of the day, they're just relying too much on Blake. And I think they just need to start figuring things out. I mean, it's easier said than done. Just figure figure out what you're doing wrong and win some hockey games. But just playing as a team, playing as a well-oiled machine and playing all around as a team, offensively, defensively, special teams, PK, face-offs, anything you can think of under the sun. And that'll be, that'll be the component because at the end of the day, the CCHA is open for grabs and any team can win it. If they just figure it out, that's all you have to do is just figure it out, play hockey. The CCHA is open for anybody right now. Pass shoot score, right? Alex. Is that oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Alex yeah. Is like- I think one big thing too, that has, hasn't been talked a lot is mm-hmm. the influence of the transfer portal. And I think Ooh. a lot of teams, you know, Guys are not gelling together yep. as as quickly as as you know um, as some coaches probably hoped that they that they would be, and you know some guys are you know maybe pick the wrong school for the wrong reasons. I don't know. It it, it seems you know the parity has been a lot more uh, than than normal, uh, especially early. I, I think I think teams will will start to figure it out, but you know it's you know it just seems like some. Some teams, especially defensively, are giving up way too many goals, yes. and some of these transfer goalies aren't, uh, you know, playing like they did, you know, in their previous schools, and so, yeah, it's just been been chaos. It has been, point. and you know, Alex, to that right, it's it's a it's a question of, you know, is the is it from the players' perspective, you know the grass is greener than the side argument. Are they forgetting about systems in front of them? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's hard to really gauge maybe the why for a player um, at the end of it. I do think you're right. I think the transfer portal does play a big role, especially early on for the teams that we expect to be better. Just haven't quite figured it out yet. Um, let's go back to Ryan just because uh, we have to go around the horn as they call it. Right. <laughs> um, it's now time to talk Minnesota state. So again, off this weekend, they go and play fair state this upcoming weekend. Um, Mankato has been up and down so far, you know, this early in the season. And I know this is stressing Mavs fans out hard. Um, so sometimes we talk about bye weeks and how they can be a positive impact, maybe a reset. Um, Ryan, do you think this reset was a good time for the Mavericks to take a week off and maybe reset and regroup? I think if you ask a lot of coaches, they'll say a bye week there's never a perfect time for a bye week. <laughs> they'll be like, oh, we need to you know, this is a good time for injuries to regroup, that kind of a thing. Or, you know, well, we could have played this weekend, which is why I feel like there's a lot of people, teams scheduling 
like random exhibition games, like playing a club team or finding some random team to play against. And it's just to stay fresh, I think, on the weekend. I think it will benefit them a little. Um, Mankato's off to, they've looked good at times, and then time's kind of shaky. So maybe this is a good thing overall for them because sometimes you hit the reset button and it fixes stuff. But uh, they got an interesting battle with Ferris because Ferris is like Michigan tech. I put that in one of my last prediction columns. They're like them and tech are like the hardest teams to figure out because Ferris is, we're really good. Some games or we're like really bad (laughs) in other games. And it's like, so how good are you really? And um, so it's going to be an interesting week. I think, I think the reset will probably be okay for Mankato, but Ferris wasn't wasn't a couple years ago that Ferris pulled like the upset of the season against Mankato and uh, maybe Ferris has their number, but I I think Mankato will be fine this week. Lucas, I want to get your opinion on, you know, the bye weeks and and more so Minnesota state, right? This will be officially their first conference action. Uh, Ferris state has played two games. They're one and one. Um, But the question is, okay, we know what Minnesota state should be capable of. Uh, Luke Strand's a great coach. They've got decent talent. And I think overall, they've gelled enough early to be competitive. But are there changes that could be made with this club to get him into a better position? Um, I, I don't really think so. I thought Mankato was playing pretty well. Um, even in that last game against North Dakota, it seemed like they had started kind of figuring things out. Uh, if you know, I, I don't know the injury status. Is, is Rancier back for, for the Mavericks? I haven't heard of Rancier. Oh, he is. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And, and I guess Tracy was playing well too in, in relief. I, you know, if you can get health, your goaltender's healthy, I, you know, I, I'm not going to count the Mavericks out by any means. I, I, you know, Fair State did sweep Mankato last year. I remember in, in Mankato, I believe. Um, and, and the Wiggle Bin's a, a tough place to play hockey, but, and, and it's a tough road trip too. I mean, what is that, a, a 10 plus hour bus ride or if you fly into Detroit and, and bust the Big Rapids? So, it's a tough place to get to, tough place to play, but I, I you know, I'm definitely not going to count Mankato out. I, th- I think they were playing pretty good hockey at that um, at the start of their break here. And Alex, to kind of piggyback on that, because you know, normally you don't want to open up the nucle- the nuclear launch codes this early in the season, <laughs> but per se, it doesn't go as well. We usually know how the fans react; they want to hit that button and send you know the warheads out. But should we panic? if the Mavericks drop one, if not both games over in Michigan? No, I don't think so. They're still trying to figure everything out. Uh, uh, completely brand new system. Like I said, a bunch of new transfers and, and, and players. So, you know, they're still still figuring out. Uh, kind of like Lucas said, too. They've been, at, and, and Ryan, too, and they've been playing good hockey, at, you know, at, at times. Um, so uh, they just got put a full 60 together. Um, and, uh, you know, I think with every team in this league to get consistent goaltending, I mean, it seems, you know, it seems like one night, you know, you have, you know, just everything working and then others, you know, they let in four or five, you know, just like, and you're, you know, you're like, you're like Northern, like last week, you're like, how did we get swept? You know, just, it just, yeah. What, what, what was going on here? Uh, so yeah, a lot of, soul the story searching. of the conference, what's going yeah. on yeah, soul searching from, from the, 
from the goaltending position because, you know, this seems like a year where it's going to come down to the last week again, you know, and it is this conference is, it's always it, like in our group chat. It's like, what is going on? It anybody doesn't matter if it's anybody. It doesn't matter if it's <laughs> off the ice. It doesn't matter if it's TV, you know, officials, this, this, this conference always has an issue with officiating too. It, uh, you know, I, I go to a lot of big 10 games just being here in the twin cities and, games seem to get over just a lot more <laughs> quicker than CCHA. I, I don't know what it is, but yeah, it's just, it's just, it's crazy. So as we normally do, at least last week we did this, our final little tidbit will be Voss thoughts. Yes. Woo! So um, I know I should trademark that anyway. <laughs> um, Marissa, we've talked about some of the things that Mankato could have, shall we say, learned. We know that they're a pretty decent team, but what can we expect from them as they head over to the Bulldogs to play some games away from Mankato? What happens? Oh, I, it's so hard to ask what happens because nobody knows what's going to happen every either week or any week in the I'm not CCHA. You to be a freaking, you know, you know <laughs> listen, crystal ball. I might, I might, I might do stuff. it. I gotta go get my crystals. Okay, I don't know what's going on. I gotta pull out my witch stuff. What but, was the what was the person on TV call like? You know, was it? Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not hiring Miss Cleo. Tell me yeah, what's there. Going you on. go. That yes, the that's one. the name I was looking for. <laughs> This is not Cleo thoughts. This is Moss thoughts. I don't know what that. I don't know. Miss Cleo was a fortune. She's too young. I'm too young. I was going to say, "Geez, did we age ourselves?" I know. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And we're not. We're not very old either. You know. So (laughs) I have no idea. I have no idea. Well, okay. So Miss Cleo, Miss Marissa. So I do think that it's it's interesting, right? They're on a three with with Ferris State. They've won three games in a row, right? It's a 35, 11, and two all time. But, right, for some reason, I think, you know, last year they got swept. And then when Dryden was, I think, was a senior, it was a split and it was a way. Um, but there was a lot more things into that game, I think, than anything else, um, sickness, whatever, what have you. But sometimes Ferris State does sneak up on the Mavericks. And I wouldn't be shocked if they do split because for some reason, you know, when you're going to Ferris State, when you're doing all the travel and everything that takes a lot on your body and especially after a bye week, some teams are really good after a bye week. Some teams maybe need to get a little bit more time to get back into the whole college hockey thing after you'd, you aren't playing for a week. So I think you can expect that it's probably going to be a split. I don't think the Mavericks will get swept just because of the inconsistency that Ferris state is in their squad. But I also wouldn't be surprised if Mavericks sweep because again, and on every any given night, Ferris State can either be really good or really really bad. Like you just don't know. So um, I'm I'm going to go with a split, but I wouldn't be surprised if it goes either way. Could go either way. If there's hopes for Mavericks fans, Ferris State not the best defensive team. They're actually tied for second most goals against in the conference at 29. They're actually Ooh. a minus eight in goal differential. Uh, only problem is Mankato. Not the most goal scoring yet, but they're only a minus three. And that's so much better defensively than, say, they're friends of the Bulldogs. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that will wrap up this week's episode of MNCAA. For all of our panelists and for those here on this segment, for Ryan, Lucas, Marissa, and Alex, I'm Nick. We'll see you back here next week here on MNCAA.